just take a moment before we start to, to pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord, we just love you so much. Father, I just humble myself before you this morning. Lord, I ask that you would come and anoint the words that I speak. I pray that they would be words from your heart. I pray that there would be seeds from this word that would be embedded in all of our hearts that would take us into places of the kingdom that you desire for us to go, that we would see with our eyes, that we would hear with our ears what the word of the Lord is for this day that we find ourselves walking in. God, enlarge our heart. Enlarge our heart to understand how vast how awesome and mighty and powerful you are. To know that you are a good, good Father and that you are for us, that you have a future for us, and it is to prosper us and to give us hope. So, Father, come today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would invade and you would demolish all residue of the enemy that's come to bring fear and unbelief into the hearts of your people. Yes, God, we say arise. Arise and let your enemies be scattered. We love you and thank you. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to talk today about one of my favorite stories. Hi, Jackie. I'm so glad to see your pretty face. Um, But before we begin to talk about that story, I just kind of want to share a little, talk a little. I really feel that um, we are in the days of visitation. And that the armies of our God at this very time are plundering the earth and plundering our enemies, the ones we know and the ones that we don't know. It is a great day. And we as a people, individually and corporately, need to open our eyes, really open our eyes to see the greatness of our God because these are the days of the victory of our God, of his kingdom. Days of victory. But I kind of feel like there are these places um, in our heart where we, we stand up here and we're cheering, we're worshiping, we're praising the Lord. Yes, I'm there. I got it. I know God's on the throne. But in the back of our mind, there's this place of gloom and doom. And so I kind of want to touch on those places today because I felt that we needed to be reminded once again of the might of God. It was no accident that we sang the songs that we sang today. And two weeks ago, I didn't know that I was going to be bringing this word, but two weeks ago, God gave me that first song, We Serve a God of Power. Little did I know that he was going to bring a word today 
on his might and his power. I had nothing to do with that. Nothing. I give him all the glory. We see the word might and mighty used all throughout the scripture to describe our God. Over and over and over, it's in the Bible. And the word might or mighty means impressive strength and extreme power. I want you to just kind of think about that for a second. Impressive strength and extreme power. I kind of feel like everywhere we go, everywhere we turn, whether it's the newspaper or the news media, we're hearing all the negative words. I feel like I'm buzzing. Am I ringing? No, maybe it's my ears. But if we look around us with our spiritual eyes, if we look around the country, America, if we look to the nations, because God is a God of the nations, there are things that are taking place. The news media, the enemy, wants us to think that it's getting darker and darker, and things are getting worse, and they're getting worse. When the fact of the matter is, is the world is becoming brighter. The world is a brighter place today than it was 10 years ago. See, you and I both have heard the many stories about the greatness, the vastness, the mighty hand of God. We've heard those stories. But if those stories aren't embedded in our heart, if they're not embedded and seated in our heart, if it's just head knowledge, we're going to believe the lies of the enemy and we're going to see darkness. We're not going to see the brightness of the kingdom of God. The news media and the enemy would tell you that, oh, these are the dark, dark days. But I want to tell you, in fact, that these are the greatest days that we have ever walked in or seen in our lives, in the world. I just kind of want to give you some statistics of just things, you know, just here in the earth, not spiritually, but in the natural realm that have changed. So global, global poverty, that's a mouthful, is at a decline. It's less than it's been in history. Life expectancy is on the rise. Child mortality is down. Teen pregnancies are down. The homicide rate throughout the entire country and the world is down. But the news wouldn't want you to believe that. Violent crimes are down. I'd like to take a minute, and um, I was talking to Brian just a minute ago. Brian, would you mind coming up here? Because I want you to understand that these are things that are taking place in the natural, but there are supernatural things that are taking place on a daily basis. 
Did you guys know that one out of three Americans pray multiple times a day? That, I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. But in the world, only one out of 15. But in America, in America, one out of every three Americans prays multiple times a day. So Brian's going to share a testimony because this is a supernatural thing that happened. You want him to use that mic? Okay. The night before last, a friend of mine and her mother were over by the Queechy Gorge, and uh, they were um, walking over, and there was a man up on the railings, seconds from jumping, and uh, Jesus used them. They talked him down. They brought him home. They fed him. (laughs) They gave him some money and set him up with a room downtown White River and uh, that was definitely Jesus helping out um, and that's basically the story but you know it, it's, uh, it was very heartwarming when I read about it on Facebook and uh, she, she only has about 35 friends on Facebook she got over 1100 likes and loves on her page because people saw it and her friends just shared it and shared it and you know so it was a great thing that this uh, this this young girl probably about 25 my son's age they're friends of my son's and uh, her mother and seeing what was going on and they just absolutely did the right thing and they helped this man and still are helping him that's all I want to say Amen. Thank you, Brian. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. That's a miracle. Isn't that? Um, I want to share also that we, each and every one of us, if we took a second, could think of a testimony in our life where we have seen God move and do things that we didn't think were possible. And I want to move now into um, my story. But first I want to share a a small, it's not a small testimony, it's a great testimony. Um, There's a young couple in the Upper Valley who um, have been trying for years to have a child and uh, finally were able to conceive a child. Um, through scientific and doctors, through the help of doctors. This this young family was told that they had less than a 5% chance, less than a 5% chance of ever conceiving on their own. And I'm here to tell you today that that family is pregnant. That's a miracle. That's our God. That's our God. This Elks Lodge, the Cornerstone Community Center, you know, it wasn't God's timing 10 years ago, however how many years ago it was. I am amazed and humbled at the doors that God is opening. The places that God is providing 
for we as a community to sit, to participate, to speak into, where we now have favor and we never did before. In fact, any other time we would meet a wall or a closed door. These people don't understand why they're welcoming us, why they're so on the same page with us, but we know what God wants to do. We know what the future is. Oh, I've heard the naysayers. We know how much older we are than we, than we were when we first started this project. We all know that. We know where our physical bodies are. We know the load that we're carrying. This is a Red Sea. <laughs> it's a Red Sea. But God, God told us to do it. And God says, if you just obey me, I will open every door. I will provide every need that you have. Because God has a plan. Amen? Amen. I want you to open your Bibles to Second Chronicles. This is one of my favorite stories. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This story is all about, in fact, this entire day from the moment we started worshiping has been all about how we posture ourselves in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the storm and the circumstances. Jehoshaphat made a decision to posture himself, and he is leading by example, and he's modeling for us today how to posture ourselves. So let's read the story. And forgive my pronunciation of some of these words. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hezan Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So here's the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat. He calls for an assembly, thousands of people, thousands and thousands. He calls them all. And he says to them, we are going to set our face before the Lord and we are going to fast and we're going to pray. He then said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations and in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Now let me remind you that we're descendants of Abraham. Abraham was a friend of God. That means we're a friend of God. And every promise that God gave to Abraham, there are promises too because we're his descendant through Jesus Christ. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, 
If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Now, I want to just kind of touch on when we're talking about testimonies and we're sharing testimonies and the things that we're seeing God do and the way that he's moving in the world, sometimes we get in our own little place and we're like, yeah, God, I, I see that. And yeah, that's a miracle, but, but what about me? And we think that for some reason that God doesn't hear our prayer that he's not moving in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our storm. Do you think that God didn't devise this battle to show himself strong? Maybe the lengthening of the trial that you find yourself in is because God is working such a fine-wielded sword and weapon in your life to be such an incredible testimony that in it his name is glorified throughout this valley. And just like Brian, 1,100 likes when she had 34 friends. That went all over the country. What can't God do? He hears your prayer. Even when you can't even muster the prayer, the prayer in your heart, he's aware of. He hears it, he knows it, and he has a plan. You have not been forsaken. You are not alone. Verse 11. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. See, the enemy wants to come in, and he wants to steal your inheritance. But if we posture ourselves, if we posture ourselves, and we don't look at the storm and the circumstances, but we set our gaze upon him, he becomes so vast and so large that we don't even see the circumstance. It's when we take our eyes off of him that that circumstance begins to come in and take over again. So here is Jehoshaphat and all of Judah. They've set a standard. They've postured themselves. And they have set their gaze upon God. And they know that he is listening. Now all Judah, in verse 13 with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, and the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, 
nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. Now imagine, these are warriors. They're getting ready. They know that a battle is coming. But God says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves or posture yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. In verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judea and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. So, there were not the big gallant warriors that were heading the troops. In fact, the people that were heading the troops were the worshipers. I want to take a minute. Pastor Sean gave us this great book last week, Goliath Must Fall. And as I was reading this week, I came across this phrase, and I want to read it to you. Worship is simply a shift of attention that allows us to see God better. Worship is like corrective lenses for our souls, bringing God clearer into view. Jehoshaphat understood the spiritual principle of praise and worship. Where when we are in the midst of the battle, we can go all day long to try to figure out what else we can do and how many jobs can we pick up because we need more provision. But at the end of the day, it is God who's going to open the doors. Whatever our need is, whether it's a family matter, at the end of the day, God is going to turn the hearts. Yes, we position ourselves and we set our gaze upon him as we cry out for the things that lay heavy upon our heart today. Whatever your need is, whether it's a husband, a child, a bill, 
you don't know how you're going to pay your rent this month. But you know what? God has a storehouse in heaven. He is not a man that lies. But he is God. And he knows every need that you have. He has not forgotten you. We are not forsaken because we are descendants of the seed of Abraham, who was a friend of God. And what did God promise Abraham? Oh, the list is unending. He told him to go out and look out at the stars, that that would be his sons, his family. Can you imagine how ridiculous that must have sounded? Or what about when he came to Abraham and Sarah and he said, you're going to have a son. You know what? They were in their 90s. They weren't young. I wonder what went through their head. Though they had such a strong relationship with God, that God called Abraham a friend. But as a friend, I can say, Papa, Papa, I don't know how we're going to do this. And so I just, I lay it here before you because I know you have my back. He's got our back because he loves us. I'm sorry. Papa has our back. Do you think that he would cause brightness and more glory to come to the earth and not include you? Is not your inheritance to see the kingdom of God established on the earth today as it is in heaven? We are sons of God. Oh my goodness. Just think about that. We are sons of God. That is so amazing. I'm a son. That means that I can go to him in any situation and I ask him for bread and he's never going to turn me away and give me a stone. He may not give me the bread today, but he's going to give me the bread because he's not a man that lies. He's God. And he's true to his word. In Isaiah, it says, My word goes out, and it continues to do what I send it to do. See, God spoke this earth into existence with his words. Sons of God, we better start watching how we speak. We better be mindful and we better be holding one another accountable for the things that begin to come out of our mouth. Barbara Dean, 
When I'm at work, you better hold me accountable. If I start to go down that slippery slope and doubt and fear and unbelief come to steal what the promise is in my life, you better come to me and you better say, Miss Deb, I heard the word you just spoke. That doesn't align with what you said on Sunday. Terry, you better hold me accountable. See, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to stand on the promises of God that were for yesterday, they are for today, and they are for tomorrow, and they are forever. So we can come together as a family. See, what strengths I have, you don't have, Maria. But what strengths you have, I don't have. But I need your strengths. And I need Brian's strengths. And Brian needs mine. I need your gift. The Word of God says, everybody in the body has a place. If you're an arm, Carrie, and you're not here on Sunday, we're missing an arm. And if you're a foot, Barbara Dean, and you're not here on Sunday, we're missing a foot. It means we're out of balance. We need everyone. We need each other. That's right, Val. We need each other. We need to be transparent with each other. But in a manner, in a manner where we can come alongside one another and strengthen and build each other up and have faith and instill faith and release faith and declare faith over your life, your concerns, your circumstances, the battle, the storm that you find yourself in. Jehoshaphat postured himself with the nation of Judah. Down in verse 22, Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. That is good news. Oh, my goodness. Let me just tell you. Here they are, singing and worshiping and praising the Lord, and they're marching. And the big, big, strong battle dudes are standing behind the singers like little tiny me. I'm leading the troop. I'm singing. I'm praising. I'm worshiping the Lord. Woohoo! And we get to the top of the mountain. I mean, picture it, you guys. I don't have a sword. I've got a voice. And when we speak into the spirit realm, what we sing and what we speak goes out and it creates. So they get to the top of the hill and holy moly, they look down in the valley and the enemy's dead. Every single one of them. Didn't God tell them, you won't have to fight 
You're not going to have to fight today. I know you think you're going out to battle, Sandra, but today you don't have to fight. I got your back. You don't have to fight today, Terry. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. What is your battle today? It belongs to the Lord. I encourage you, posture yourself. Don't you listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't you look at the darkness. Look at the light. Look at the face of God who is for you, who loves you, who sent Jesus, his only son, and shed his blood and pierced his side so that we could corporately bring the kingdom of God to a nation, to the world, that they might know and see that God is still on the throne. I encourage you today. So when Judah came to the place overlooking, I already told you that, so we're going to skip down a little. Twenty-five. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoils, see, the dead bodies are everywhere. They found them in an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were there three days, gathering the spoil because there was so much. So I want you to think about so many times we get in the battle and it's just the end result. Do you think that they'd given any thought to the spoil that they were going to find? Do you think, oh my goodness, that was blessing heaped upon blessing, poured out, flowing over. God just promised them they wouldn't have to fight that the battle belonged to him. But because they were obedient and they heard the voice of the prophet and they did what God said, not only did he destroy the enemy, but then he blessed them. It took them three days to recover everything. And on the fourth day, in verse 26, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the valley, the valley of Barakah until this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Hallelujah is right. We have no idea what God is about the earth doing. He is mighty. Remember? Impressive strength. The vastness of what he can accomplish when we worship 
and we set our gaze upon him and refuse to listen to the naysayers and the liars and the enemy. Oh my goodness. What will our world begin to look like? How will our spiritual eyes see each and every day? And our spiritual ears, what will they hear? Just like the vision that I shared with you as I worked on the music for yesterday. That's what God's doing throughout the earth, throughout the nations, because he's a God of the nations. And God said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. I encourage you today, whatever battle you are in, posture yourself. Seek the Lord and set your gaze upon him. Because it's not just about the battle. At the end of the battle, there is so much more that will be gained. Set your eyes upon him today. Amen? Amen. I think that that's all that I wanted to share. Um, You're welcome. I, I, I left... I walked away from my notes, so I hope I didn't forget anything, but I think you got the gist of the story. I love you, and I bless you. Um, you are welcome. Are, are there any announcements, Sean? Because we, we have to pray for you today. Pastor Sean is going to be having surgery this week, and so um, you can turn this off, Ben.